All right, we're done. Show over. Look at those cats. Look at all that you get. Uh, I feel so bad. Uh, Chris, are you sure you don't want? (laughs) We have a lot of it. I bought a $1,500 mixer, and I sound exactly the what same. What did you get? Did you get the Marcos uh, fancy yes. fancy lad one? Oh, the Presonus. Well, oh. No, no, not the, the pre- two, it's no. not the Presonus. It's the one it's that's all analog dials and shit on the front. I didn't do, I didn't do oh, the three. I did the two. Right. I got a USB pre-2. Will you link me to it? Because I, I need to get one of these for my basement. Um, I feel like I should get a compressor. Uh, an inline I compressor? You do it on the you I don't no, know. do it on the fly, I man. Sound, I want to sound like John Dickerson does when uh, well, you know, there's the different parts where he sounds different to the different parts of the week when he records the diary. I want to sound like I want to sound like I'm on talk radio. I want that sound. Hmm. We should. I have, can't describe why, it. Why? Hmm. This is this is not me being critiquing why, but I'm just like I'm really curious because so many people listen to the show super compressed that they can't. You know, I'm just—is it? Well, is it if for you give me advice, I've—I've I've, I've done ha- most of the dip switches. I've got it worked out. I'm going to work with Marco to find out what his dip switches are. But I think I, I got a limiter on. If everything worked right, I should sound almost the same as before. But so the show here, I'm going to try the show I've been watching that lowers my your comfort. Your that comfort lowers my, well when I watch it, my IQ dips down by about 50 points, so that I'm capable of feeling normal human happiness and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. forgetting about all the pain and suffering in the world. <laughs> Is uh, Frasier. I am, I am good show. balls deep into Frasier. It's so good, you guys. It's so is Cheers. We've been watching Cheers. Cheer- oh, thing. yes. Uh, I, I'm so into Frasier right now. I watch probably. Don't you love, what's her name? Is it not Daphne? What's the woman? What's her name? I well, there's her. Roz and Daphne are the two like Daphne, female leads. I love her. Yeah, she's. she's so oh, Roz. I love Roz. Yeah, the whole cast is amazing. It's one of the smartest. It's such a smart show. It's so yeah. smart. The writing has so much respect for the audience. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen Frasier? Yeah, and also it doesn't make not, their dad no. an idiot. Oh, I love the that dog. their dad's not an idiot. No, every character is is it has a very Parks and Rec sense to mm-hmm. it. Of every character is is ultimately very good, and they bounce off of each other in very funny ways. And almost any pairing of any two characters on the show is v- quite funny. And one of my other favorite things that I love about Frasier is oftentimes the biggest laughs on that show are nothing more than a character coming into the room. So it's like, you know, there's a funny conversation, right, where Niles and Frazier are talking about their dad, and then the dad walks into the room. And it's the funniest fucking thing. And that's just a testament to how well-developed the characters are and how well the audience, how, how much the audience right. is respected that that they have room to, that that has room to breathe. So and the ke- get, like, where the chemistry, the chemistry comes from context. Yes. And you know what I mean? Like it's it's the it's an old like it's, it always gets a laugh, but you know it's not the notes, it's the rests. You know, the, but like having some air in it to where you can just like when you when you watch a really good stand up comic and you realize that part of what makes them great is that they've obviously they've road tested their material, but they also know the right amount of time to not be talking and to lay back and to let the laugh build and then let the audience laugh at the fact they're laughing about that. You are, you know what I mean? Like I I love that kind of comedy. It's it's just amazing to, to me that Frasier works with Frasier and Niles like being protagonists and not being dislikable. They're very successful gay men. They're doing very very well. <laughs> um, but it's hard to appreciate it today for my again for my kid. She loves The Simpsons. It's like after Gumball and Steven Universe. It's the thing she most will turn on. Where I've got to like go. Okay, we can't watch six of these. But like she loves Sideshow Bob. But I, you know she'll never be able to appreciate Sideshow Bob the way I did. Where Sideshow Bob was introduced as this character who didn't or couldn't talk. And he was the butt of the joke. He obviously was a ridiculous character. I know I'm telling you things you know, but to really appreciate Sideshow Bob, you have to remember he didn't talk 
for most of the first season. And then when he did talk, the voice of Fraser Crane came out. And it was the fucking funniest thing in the world that he's this actually very cultured guy who loves Gilbert and Sullivan. And, like, you can't appreciate that without the context of knowing, like, why that's funny. And then when he has a brother, his brother is played by the guy who plays Niles. Like, how great is that? Yeah. Do you, Can either of you guess what show I watch almost nearly every night to fall asleep? I know. Wait, how do you know? Oh, so you're watching a lot of Seinfeld. No. Is it? No, I'm No. No. What is it? Um, it is either Golden Girls or Futurama, which is constantly oh. playing on my iPad face down, and I just turn up the volume because I can't listen to like white noise. Otherwise, I just you know still have like a circle of thoughts and can't mm. fall asleep. I, I also have been falling. I've been falling asleep watching Frasier, and it's been very pleasant. I just sort of drift off yeah. without a thought in my head. But uh, I, um, you know, it's like I imagine if I, um, uh, uh. Uh, killed myself using pharmaceuticals is how it would be, right? It's like, uh, you just sort of, you just sort <laughs> of, that's, a, that's a, such a good sort of endorsement away. for Fraser. Yeah, you just sort of float away and, you know, it's not painful or nothing that. is wrong. It's, that. it's very, it's not painful. You're not, not you're not worried about anything. But you know, like you're one benefit of, one benefit of my nascent um, mindfulness practice would be that, like, it would occur to me just for a second that I'm about to die and I'd be really into it. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be great to know and instead of being like, ah, 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 like, ah, I forgot my seatbelt. Like, your last, your last thought being, I'm going through a windshield. Instead, be like, oh, I'm totally going to die, and this is fine. Uh, have <laughs> we talked about Trump and, and the, the death instinct? No. I don't think so. Uh, this is my main theory about Trump, is that he's ultimately, he's kind of a tragic <laughs> figure. He's not a very, he's not a very gifted man. He's not endowed with any, like, self-awareness or intelligence. A man who couldn't be happy. He's a man, he's a, a bit of a tragic figure. Um, he has... He's, he's chilly, the elf who could not love. He, he's, um... <laughs> He's he he's like one of these like Greek myths, right? Of like his like his like thirst can never be slaked by water and his like hunger can never be sated by food. Like Trump, all he does is consume and take and take and take and it's never enough. It's never enough. And now he's the president and he lives in a golden house and he has everything he could ever want and he eats four McDonald's sandwiches for every meal and it's not enough. And he ultimately craves the the release of death, the sweet, sweet release of death. It's the only thing that can finally satisfy his cravings and, and let him be free of wants and needs. Um, and it's why it really frightens me that he is the nuclear football. I want to find, I totally agree. Wait, I want to find. So you don't, you don't think that Trump has a death wish. It's, it's going to be like, ah, I, I take everyone out. Big, bigly well, when a solipsist, <laughs> when a solipsist dies, they take the whole world with them. Uh, <sighs> that, <clears throat> I mean, like you think you've read every one of these you'll ever need to read, but um, Haberman, Thrush, Baker, Inside Trump's Hour by Hour Battle for, for Self-Preservation, is even after all of these fucking articles, is still a hell of a read. As the lines become bolder, the colors become darker, with more and more people speaking on record about a very, very unhappy, angry, and aggrieved man. And the more that they color in, that they make the, the, the lines so dark and the colors so deep, it just becomes, he's just as like a sadder and sadder person. I'm, God damn it, I wish I could find the one nut graph in this that blew me away. But it was something along, oh, I'll look for it later, but basically it was something along the lines of, you guys read this article, right? Everybody oh, yes. Read this. But it was something along the lines of, you know, it's, it seems to be at his moment 
at all of his moments, all of his moments of greatest like empirical triumph are immediately followed by some kind of aggrievement about how other people aren't agreeing enough or he's not being credited enough. And they cite things like the classic example, like where, where it really, really began. He just became, you, you saw him on election night. He was like, he was like a deer in the headlights. He, you could tell he was genuinely surprised. He sits down with Obama in the White House. He's nearly white as a sheet. He's obviously is so out of his depth. He's fucking sworn in as the president of the United States. He has arrived like only 44 other people in history have ever arrived, and he immediately is upset that people don't think there were enough people at his inauguration. And that, <clears throat> that there was one paragraph in here that really called that out, that like, it's almost, it's really a pattern to watch for with him. Well, he put, like, up, he put up like maps of the election room all over the White them, House. He, has, he hands them out at events. He hands out electoral maps. But okay, but 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 like so like the the thing and <clears throat> as you've made me realize, Max, this is a man without or, shame. Or, oh shit, he was in a meeting and and the the press had just left and he was in a meeting with like truckers unions or something, and someone said something nice to him and he called the press back in to the room. He made them come back in and made the to guy repeat the compliment. Said compliment me again so the press can hear it. But. But it's become. All I was gonna say is it's become a it's become a pattern where like so like if you are someone who assumes that he has any kind of shame or a floor, like no no here the thing to watch for is after he's won because that's when he's actually most vulnerable. That's and I don't mean to diagnose the man, but I think what's happening is that's when he actually has the greatest self doubt. He's happy being a scrapper. He likes being behind in the count. He likes all the sports metaphors and what they mean. It's when he wins, in some way, that he is the most vulnerable because that's when he feels that emptiness in the pit of his soul that he is an un, he is un he is unloved he is unappreciated and his father will never be able to tell him he was good right and and to the extent that that man has any intelligence or self-awareness he must know that his insane like like schemes and plans will never work like he must right. know deep down that like building a wall will not ever do anything about immigration because he's a smart he said it himself he's like oh well i guess they could get a ladder but other than that you know what i mean like he has mm-hmm. those moments of lucidity where he's like yes this is on its face this is absurd it's a cockamamie scheme right <laughs> right so it's like it, in in some ways like the worst thing that can ever happen to him is to be allowed to do whatever he wants cuz mm-hmm. he cuz then he'll be exposed as a charlatan i'm sorry i cut you off alex what were you going to say uh, oh, I don't remember. Oh, I've I've just always thought of him as like the kid right before Christmas of uh, like, yep, I've done everything I can. Everything's great. And he's never going to be happy with what is under the tree. And and you're right. He's, he's, du- he's Dudley Dursley. He got, he got 36. <laughs> he got 30. He got 36 last year. He wants 37 this year. Where's right? my owl? So can I finish my Frasier story? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, please. So when I was in law school, uh, this over the weekend, I had a Power Week class, meaning like I basically took an entire course in 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 um, in one week, and it was nine to five. I was at school every day, and the whole thing happened. You know, it was a very like an intensive kind of a thing. You got all the lecture done at once, and it was a negotiation seminar. And on Saturday, with the, it was an intro, it was a great class actually. Um, Merlin, have you ever read the book uh, Getting to Yes? Uh, oh no, but I'm familiar with it. it it's yeah. like a classic book in the field of negotiation and um, yeah, persuasion and sales kind of thing. Yeah, I, I really, I, hon- t- I honestly was surprised. I mean, I read it because it was assigned, and I wasn't particularly looking forward to it because it seems like kind of one of those bullshitty business books. And mm-hmm. um, there were some really good ideas in that book that seemed very Merlin Manish. Like they ta- they married together like keen insights about the human condition with with um, 
smart smart categorization and like ways of thinking about problems and stuff. I really think it could be up your alley. I, I recommend okay. I recommend this book for you. It seems like the kind of thing I'll hear you talk about on uh, Back to Work if you mm-hmm. read it. All right. I'm, um, I'm, I'm reading a Buddhism, Buddhism and Evolutionary Psychology oh. book right now. Shit, dog. Oh, I want to read that. Podcast What's that? Podcast episode is so good. Did what? you listen? Yeah, yeah. P- what is that? What did you think? What is the book? The <laughs> Actually, I don't know. What, yeah, what is the book called? Uh, oh, I want to put... Man, um, thank you to listeners who put together show notes to the uh, for the <laughs> Patreon after show. Like, oh, boy. That's not something I want to do. Um, uh, why Buddhism is True. Why? Oh, I well, I have that book, and I haven't read it yet. By Robert Wright. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I, ju- um, I mean, I just got it. So the what I was going to recommend as a way in is this uh, podcast interview on the Ezra Klein show with him that I've listened to three times and have sent to almost everybody I know. It's really good. Amazing. I, um, I hate how much it agrees with the nonsense Dan talks about, but it's true. Like, we were never made to be sitting in a room meeting new people. We were designed to be in a tribe of 50 to 150 people who we saw over and over, and we never had to worry whether they liked us or not because we would find out every day. Oh, God, what a beautiful <laughs> life. Oh. Um. Okay, so law school. So, I'm there all weekend. The teacher we had um, is uh, was uh, the professor was unbelievable. The, so far, my favorite professor I've encountered in law school. She runs like the negotiations department at um, Northwestern and has pioneered a lot of like techniques and and stuff in the field of negotiations. So she comes in Saturday morning. Everyone's extremely nine a.m. Saturday. We're all sitting in this classroom. Everyone is very bummed to be there. No one is happy. And she's like, okay, she goes, uh, uh, everybody, uh, I know no one wants to be here on a Saturday morning. Like, I don't really want to be here either, but, you know, we, we've got this class going on. So let's all go around the room and say what we'd be doing if we weren't in class. And I thought that was a, a lovely way to, like, get people engaged and acknowledge the elephant in the room and, you know, sort of put a, a positive spin on it. The only problem was I was uh, – she arbitrarily pointed somewhere in the room and then had us go in a circle saying where we'd be if we weren't in class – and I was like the second or third person from where she pointed. And the first person she pointed at said I'd be asleep. So what would and you And there s- was all the, the, the class like obligatory chuckle. Of, <laughs> yes, right. That got a little bit of a laugh, right? And then it was moved on to the next person. The next person said, oh, I'd be home reading and uh, baking cookies or something like that. And then it comes around to me. And it's like, what oh, the God. fuck do you say in that? It's like a, actually a very tough scenario and what i what i was in my head as soon as she asked it of like you know you always get your first like um tourette syndrome response of like you just like blurt something out and it was like jacking off can i do that again the thing is though and if the teacher knows this it, what you say is not nearly as important as how you chose it. So she's, the, he or she is going to know who the smart aleck in the group is, who wants to be seen as a, as a, a grind and a learner. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I'd probably be taking care of a lot of sick dogs because that's a thing that I do. Whatever. I, what I, what, Enjoy what your nap. What popped into my head to say was, I would be home, I would get high, I'd take a bath, and I'd watch Frasier. <laughs> and I thought... <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that's probably too weird to say. Like as I was opening my mouth to say it, there was another part of my brain that came in and and you know they flipped up the little glass panel and smashed on the emergency stop button, <laughs> and it was just like shut it down. <laughs> it's like dude, no, don't don't ship that one. That that one is we've got some defective goods about to leave the warehouse. Here. You had like an inside out moment. <laughs> I had a little. I had a tiny. I had a little Japanese man pull the cord on the Toyota assembly line <laughs> and stop the production process. Uh, but no, I think, and then I, so I stopped and I sort of looked up and I was like, oh, I can't say that. 
But then I didn't know what to say, and so I took a really long, awkward pause that was oh, way no. too long and uncomfortable, and I could feel my like ears getting really hot. Oh, and no. I eventually <laughs> just said, I'd be home finishing my Lego ATAT that I'm building. <laughs> nice. That's much better. <laughs> it was better than getting high and taking a bath and watching Frasier. I don't want to explain. I don't want to have to explain that, Dan. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, you did a bad thing to me. Um, Wait, I did. I, you did a very bad thing. What did I do? Uh, what the fuck I, did I do? Uh, you did a bad thing. I have a bone to pick with you about uh, the live stream, but the, go on. Okay. Mm. The the uh, the uh, what not tools of titans the other dumb Tim Ferriss book um, oh uh, the, um, the gigantic book that I bought at two a.m. tribe in of Reno. Uh, uh, tribe of mentors yes, yes. John uh, Dickerson likes it it I kind of like it too because Tim Ferriss isn't featured heavily in he it it's interviews with interesting people uh, right there were I mean the the one thing that uh, I'm like seventy percent uh, done with it and. The the one thing that is still like sticking with me is like okay you need to rate if just when you're deciding to do something go from a one to a ten scale tending the best. I wrote that down too, Alex. Isn't it good? Yes. But you can't pick seven. Dick, Dick, right. and, did and you guys like, hear? Huh. Did you guys hear political gap fest this week? No, I do not. He specifically to talked about that. You could pick. You got to pick between one and ten, but you can't choose seven. Is that it? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes, he talked about this on Gavin. I, I folded that page. I folded that page in the book, and I was like, "That's the smartest thing I've ever it's heard." It's so good because it forces people to say, you know, a seven mm-hmm. is. What well, forces people to think? First right, of all, right. Oh, I'm going to do that all I the wrote, time. I wrote to him on Twitter to suggest my similar corollary, which is, whenever you're asking somebody about something really quickly, don't ask them what their favorite thing is. Ask them what their second favorite thing is about something. Mm-hmm. If you're asking somebody what their least favorite thing is, like you're thinking about going to a college or whatever, say, what's your second least favorite thing? Like, what's the thing that bugs you second most? Do but you know? In the... any case, how, whatever the model, it forces you out of that mode of like, oh, if I pick a six or seven, I'm safe. Do you know that the, I think it's a, I, it seems like maybe like a Derek Seavers thing or whatever about if you can't figure out where to go to lunch, say McDonald's? Oh, yeah. No, I always absolutely. Do you know I, what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Because either. It forces people to choose. Yeah. Well, it's like, do you ever get in that situation where it's, right. a, it's a little Every bit night. of a Mexican standoff where you're, you Every have night. a group of Every people night. and it's like, well, where do you want to go to lunch? No, what do you want? Uh, what do you want? And so if you I didn't ask you that. So you should say, <laughs> I want to go to McDonald's. And what it does is it seems it's glib, but it, it, it like uninhibits people because no one will have a worse idea than you did. Mm-hmm. You've right. already said the worst possible idea. I have adjusted it slightly to always say Chicago Diner because I actually like Chicago Diner and sometimes it's tipped in my favor. Sure. Well, there's there's all kinds of little heuristics. I know this from having a website about things like this. Uh, another one is when people insist that they don't have an opinion about one of two options, right? Because a lot of people will say, I have literally no opinion about that or I'm literally 50-50. Flip a coin and if somebody has even the least reservation about the option that's chosen, they really wanted the other one. Well, and you can do that with yourself. <laughs> what if you're you, pretty positive, what do you, do you two things face yourself? Nobody you <laughs> 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 really paid any attention to me until I was hideously disfigured with acid. <laughs> oh, Max, what did I do? What was uh, the live stream? <clears throat> did you order the Chinese food for the live stream? I did not, no. Oh, who did that? Uh, Tom. All right, have Tom fired. Wait, well, wait why was it bad? <laughs> no, did... Okay, so... Have you have? Did you have the bread? It was literally just Listen, deep fried bread. Let me explain. And if there's it was one, so good. if there's one thing that I would like to communicate to the to the company, mm-hmm. it's this. It's, let me tell you how to order food for a group of people. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to be questioned on this. This is this is 
This is a directive from the top. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to fight. Get a pen. I'm you have a pen. Listen. Get a pen. I, I'm, I'm writing. Get a pencil. Take yep, some notes. Yep, yep. Okay. Here, let me pen. start with pizza. Mm-hmm. Let me start with pizza. Okay, okay. pizza. Okay, nearly everybody orders pizza wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're ordering pizza for a group, everybody lets their imagination get ahead of them, and yep. they start looking at the menu and they think, oh, some people are going to want the sausage, and some people are going to want the peppers and onions, and we better get some olive pizzas in there. And what about an anchovy and a pineapple for these people? And you wind up if if you have the cheese, the only one that is eaten completely yes, that's is the cheese right. pizza that mm-hmm. everybody wants more. So of. what everyone thinks when they order pizzas, they go, well, I'll get a cheese pizza because that's what I like the most. But no one else is so boring as to think that cheese pizza is the best one. So they're all going to want these exciting pizzas. But guess what? Everybody, Everybody likes cheese pizza. pizza. Yep. Even yep. if it's your second favorite, what happens is even if your favorite is the sausage pizza, you never have more than one piece of the sausage. You always have First one past piece. the post. Yes. We've got to get over this, people. <laughs> yes. You always have, you have one slice of the ham and pineapple, and then you go straight to the cheese. There should always be... There should always be three to one cheese to everything else because that's to- always totally the one that people true. go for. And when and watch when people go to take home leftovers, guess what gets taken first? Yeah. The cheese pizza. Everyone cheese wants pizza. cheese pizza in their fridge, and nobody wants a fucking oily, you know, onion and and um, a, a fucking artichoke. Does anybody pizza. want the linguisa and crab pizza, or can I have that? <laughs> I, I am going to toot my own horn, horn here because normally <coughs> I'm not like a, a, I don't often order the food, but uh, our CPC meetup, I had to. And did you notice the, it was all cheese you did except a good job. for uh, okay. one small vegan pizza because yeah. I knew a vegan was going yep. to be there. I, I think you did a nice job the, with that. <laughs> good job. I but, okay. Wh- what but about after pizza? Now, here's, let me tell you about Chinese food. The okay. same thing applies to Chinese food. Everybody mm. wants orange chicken. Don't overthink it. Nobody <laughs> wants the fucking... You know, pea, pea, pea sprouts and and, pea, and, pea sprouts. and cashews and a and a brown goo. No one wants. No one wants. You know, <laughs> a, a oyster dish. One large pea pea, pea sprouts. <laughs> no one wants. No one wants that. Leave just, it. Just <laughs> leave it. <laughs> You're, you know, Everybody wants. You know, here's what are. they want. Here's what they you want. Should, they want a fried damn, chicken. You could write a book about this. They want There's a fried the, chicken <laughs> in a sweet sauce. And you could make it a sesame chicken. You could make it an orange chicken. You could even make it a General Tso's chicken. But you better mm. fucking get a lot of it because that's all that everyone's going to eat. And guess what happened when we had all that Chinese food in the office for the stream? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. Chi- that crispy chicken in a sweet sauce was <laughs> fucking decimated. And then everyone else sort of sadly picked over the rest of the food trying to salvage little bits of rice and vegetable <laughs> out of Pick it. it through the linguisa and crab lo <laughs> Nobody wants it. Nobody wants it. There was like a fucking cashew, like like what what is that sweet shrimp? I I don't walnut know. Walnut shrimp, the walnut. I, Nobody uh, ate that walnut shrimp. <laughs> Nobody wants you that. You fucked up, Alex. I, you okay, again, up. I did not order. The, okay, okay. Well, I you are gonna. Have, you're gonna I don't care whose fault it is. It's your fault. I, you're you're, you're let, right. You're right. You're, I I take responsibility. I you're gonna have to let Tom go. Well, the thing okay? and, the, and the thing is, I'm I'm the one who's always like, please get me the most plain thing. So really, they should. Everyone should just be on the a- Alex menu when ordering food. Like I, um, Max, <laughs> I heard something. I heard something. I want to say on wait, wait, don't tell me. But I heard something in the past week or so about how you can put a big part of Japanese business culture is yelling at people 
And like you'll frequently have to like be yelled at by somebody and you'll have to like prostrate yourself in front of them and that you can hire people because your boss probably doesn't know who you are anyway. You can hire people to go in and get yelled at for you. That's an interesting idea. What I'm saying is you need to adopt a Japanese model. You need more you need more compliant humble and grateful employees who are willing to literally lay on the ground and apologize for something can they didn't I, do regarding food. Wait a minute, though. Can I take it and turn it? Can I hire yes. a Japanese businessman to yell at my employees in, ja- in Japanese? Hi. Yeah. Hi. yeah. This is Mr. Yamamoto. Actually, my name is Sid. Shut up. Get down on the floor, Mr. Yamamoto. He's an extremely confusing Asian stereotype. So this is the beauty part. He comes in, Mr. Yamamoto. Maybe he looks a little bit like somebody from a James Bond movie. Like, shh, shh, everybody quiet. Mr. Yamamoto is here today. And he comes up to your office and he just stands there and looks at you. Confucius say, he who order linguisa in the noodle not get a good pizza bite. And you go, wait a minute. Confucius, isn't that like a Chinese? Uh-huh. You come in, Mr. Yamamoto's office. You get down on floor. Dirty boy on floor. Mr. Yamamoto, very oh. sad. Mr. Oh. very unhappy with you. Wait, no, wait, hang Christ. on. Are you supposed to be Korean? <laughs> Mr. Yamamoto, very inscrutable. So what you're saying we need, okay, now, could this be some sort of premium service that yes. you add on to office? It's Asian Man as a service. It's an AMAS. Asian Man as a service. Now, you get, a, you get a Yamamoto to your office today, and he'll yell at, he'll you yell get at your clean... You Yamamoto. Yeah, you get an office Yamamoto, and he, what do you got? Homeless guys sleeping on the sidewalk? You hire <laughs> a Yamamoto. No, you, no, no, no. you have brought great shame upon our workplace. Oh, you get your tent of trash and move away from a front door. This has to be an accessible area. Door must be unlocked during business hours. Why are you talking like that? It's a good question. You will put hands, palms down on table. This can go with the show. premium episode. Premium episode, baby. Mr. Yamamoto. Uh, Here's the uh, thing is, it's like Ben Franklin says, you hit your kids every day. If you don't know what it's for, they will. Mm -hmm. You bring in Mr. Yamamoto, people are going to straighten the fuck up because first of all, they don't want to offend him. Uh, Yeah. Because no matter what you say, you're doing it wrong. It's like how you train a capuchin monkey to get the grapes. It's like like random intermittent feedback. Yeah, it's like Ian Wilson's ants, Mm -hmm. except for the Japanese man. Mm -hmm. If this guy over here, we got no soup. (laughs) <laughs> no, 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 you literally hit a gong. <laughs> we are a gong-heavy office. You got a gong. At least and three then that you I had know. no idea there was a small service elevator. A door opens and Mr. Yamamoto, holy shit, I didn't even know we had an elevator. Many things are not known to you. Tell it to Mr. Yamamoto. Wait a minute, aren't you Mr. Yamamoto? Oh, perhaps I am. Many uh, bad marks been made for what's you. Alex, this some sort of oh. some sort of white pizza with clams on it? <laughs> <laughs> John Roderick sticks his head in. <laughs> Merlin, why didn't you um, on the uh, ter- uh, don't listen to this if you don't want to be spoiled about the Roderick on the line episode? Oh. Why didn't you? I'm, I'm, I was um, I'm curious. Why didn't you ask John to open the college letter on the air? Because do you think maybe here's my th- here's my thought about it is that maybe he kind of needed an excuse to open it or a new context. You are probably at least the third person who has asked me this. Right, like in his normal <clears throat> life, <clears throat> John, John Roderick received let me a cite- diploma shaped. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, you set it up. That's no, I just want to explain people what happened. John, John never technically graduated. John technically almost has like a master's degree, even though he technically never graduated from college. He's got all these stories about this. I don't know how much of it is true. He went to the um, uh, History of Ideas. Is it CHID? I think it's called. Uh, but there's a History of I. What's it called? 
<coughs> History of Ideas program at UW. And he's been just on the cusp of having graduated for a long time. Some of it has involved some paperwork that just needed to be done. And I think some of it was like some final assignment needed to be signed off on. But it's the kind of thing, like, you know, Alex, where like you want to pick up your diploma, but the place is closed. Yep. I think it's even maybe less than that. I think it's like a trivially small amount of stuff he had to do, I feel like, to actually be technically a college graduate. And then. So, so he, so <clears throat> in the episode, Roderick said he, he got a piece of mail from the university. He got a diploma shaped envelope in the mail. When? Well, when? Months ago. Right? I think a month ago, yeah. And he and it's sitting on his bookshelf and he looks at it almost every day and he doesn't want to open it. <clears throat> and you know, part of me I mean not not to you know, you can't help but like but it's so curious as to how that happens. And, you know, it's to me it seems like the the thing is it's like, well, he it's a thing that he really wants, but A, he doesn't want to admit to himself how much he wants it. And in fact, he even had set, told the story about how he was really resistant to ever finishing the diploma. That was or getting the most. That, that's the most important part of the story. That right. was the nut of the story was that checking off that box of his three big boxes he needs to check off three or four boxes would just intensify how bad he felt about the other things on the list because he hadn't even tried that hard to get this and he got it. And if you know John's you complex know, cosmology, it makes a lot of sense. I don't know about that. I, my feeling is that he really wants. <laughs> No, I'm serious. I mean, seriously, it's like I, I, because listen, because I, re- this is you're talking about me, right? Like this is my, this is my mo here that you're describing, and I can come up with, you know, like John, I'm smart enough to come up with all sorts of post hoc bullshit to m- make sense of whatever I- irrational thing that I'm doing. But <laughs> post hoc ergo bullshit. But do you know what I'm talking about? It's like I can, yeah, yes. I can come up with some fucking yarn of why I'm. You know why my car has a boot you can, on it. You can like do this intellectual intellectual backfilling yeah. that helps but, explain why you're the way you are. <clears throat> right, but the reality of it is, and I can spot this from a mile away because it's me. It, this is me that you're talking about. Uh, the, I, I could, you know, the reality of it is, John really wants the college degree. If he never tries to get it, he can he can never find out that he how hard it is or how much he'll never get it. You know what I mean? It can never go wrong if he never tries. And now the thing is sitting there, and he actually doesn't know whether it's the degree or not the degree he suspects it is, but if he opens it, as long as it's sealed, it can always be the degree. And That's it, why I said it's like the cat, like Schrodinger's cat. I right, mean, it's, right. Yeah, it lets him believe that he has the degree, but without ever go, without the possibility of going through the emotional pain of it not being the degree. Uh, and having one more, you know, it's, it, having that thing like <sighs> remain elusively on the. By the way, how insane is it to have get college degree as a single item checkbox on your to do list, but without <laughs> getting into? It's just, I yeah. mean, it's a recipe for misery. You're you're creating misery for you. It's like you say, Merlin. You're like building the habit of sucking every day that that's on your to do list. Uh, oh, there's there's a million problems with it. But I mean, uh, I'm not there to fix him though. I'm there to have no, a good know, show know. that finishes it. But, in, but in I an do. Hour and but I think in, in in his everyday life, going about his you know, puttering, he must see that degree on the shelf and it's really emotionally difficult to open it. And I think that you might have blown the opportunity of letting him do it as a kind of performance on the podcast and get the emotional closure that that it's going to be really hard for him to get now. Does that make sense? It does. It does. But I can only respond to you the same way I respond to everybody else who gives me notes about that host, which is in most cases I have a history with that person of honoring... Uh, not only the kind of the bit of the show, but also, hmm, does anyone imagine that I haven't tried to fix John Roderick since 2003? But I'm not saying fix him. I, I just think it, Yeah, but I mean... It was, it like could, it's not, it's showmanship. Like, like everyone okay, listening to like that episode was like, open it, open it, open it. Yeah, 
Yeah, but I mean, I, I can only respond to you the same way I respond to Syracuse about, you know, why can't you get him to record his end of the call? And my response is always, well, why, why don't you teach him how to record his end of the call? I would uh, listen. I would love to do a Dubai Friday with Roderick as a special guest, where we all open some a scary piece of mail or confront something. You know, like like a like that's what our show's about. I mean, the on, the honest answer is that we were running long, and I didn't want to go too too far into it. I feel like I did my part by asking him, giving him the opportunity to share. He thought it was important enough to talk about on the show. I think I did my part by asking him if, if he wanted to say why he hasn't opened it. Hmm. I think having him open it would be a little on the nose, but I could try. I could try. I were, I think now it's for. I mean, I I think now it might be forced because you guys don't typically go back and like revisit. You I know, think he'll like, open. I think he'll open it. No, I think he will too. I just, it would have been mm-hmm. such a. I, I would have loved to have. In my, you know, what where I'm like, uh, well, you know how John Roderick says he he's too close to music and he listens to other people. Is in that goddamn episode? He says he listens to the Bonavera album and he's yeah. like, oh, why did he do it again? He should have not done it the second time, right? He's producing it in his head. Right. You know, I'm I'm listening to the podcast going, why didn't Merlin tell him to go get it off the bookcase? I can't yeah. think of a better analogy than this right now, <laughs> but it's kind of if if, if I, I it feels like the end of Inception to me or the end of uh, Lost in Translation where I don't I didn't I didn't really want to know. I mm-hmm. I was just happy. I loved that episode and I I don't know. I I was have to rem, um or rather I always do remember like Oh yeah, these are two guys who have this incredibly long I almost said sordid history. I don't I don't know, maybe it is. My um, history's sordid. His used to be sordid. Yeah, yeah. And and you just uh it's I think one of the most intimate shows I listen to. And I like it a lot because Do you still do you still like it? Yes, I do. Okay, good, good. Uh, I I have not. I feel listened like we've been on a pretty good run lately. Yes, it's mm. very good. People should listen to Roderick on the line. But still listen to us, please. I'm in my. No- I skipped ahead to listen to that episode because everyone was talking about it. But where I am, I just. Li- oh fuck! I'm listening to the. Uh, I don't even remember what it's about. I'm in a bad. I'm in a lull. In a lull. I'm in a lull. What's a good one? There's been some good ones. Whisker fatigue was good. Got whisker fatigue about the asshole cat. I went back and listened to that story three times, <laughs> and I <coughs> and I sent it to Jen, and I sent it to Jen. And I was like, "This is the best story I've ever heard." It was that also was fun because so it was a rare moment that I actually made John unselfconsciously laugh at something dumb that I did, which was really fun. <laughs> um, that Bonavera stuff is pretty interesting. I was listening to the actual track last night. I watched a video for it. I think it is that keyboard that he's playing that makes those sounds. I have one of those OP1s. They're fun as hell. God, they're kind of costly, but I wouldn't mind getting They're one. so, oh my God. I, I want it there to be an so app. Watching some of the demo like videos of people just dicking around with it mm-hmm. is I'm, and the, my problem is I know how much shit I've got like that where I dick around with it for a day and a half. And, like, that would be a lot of money for me to spend on something I don't that's, dick around with. That's more. more or less what I've done with mine. I, we, I, got a, we got a really cool cool keyboard my daughter plays almost every day. She just keeps playing the same couple, three songs on. And that's fun because it's got sampling. Merlin, do you want me Amazon to— Amazon Prime for do you want me to so cool. Do you want me to send you my OP1? And you can—, no, you can Well, I'll lo- I'll, how about this? I'll lend it to you and you can, you can send it well, back can to I, me what later. What can I give you in return? I, I don't know. You come up with surprise me. I don't know. <laughs> like, I literally got, I bought this thing. I, I traveled with it for a while and played with it on airplanes. Like, I had a ton of fun with it. But I, I re- it has dust on it. I don't think I've touched it in six months. 
I keep always being this close to getting back into making music again. I've got to do it. Why don't I? Why don't I? Why don't I send it to you and you can play challenge, with it? And if you like, I mean, challenge, if, challenge. Yeah. Just, I got to change the strings. The strings on my guitar and my and my ukulele guitar are both really old. So I need someone to change my strings. Okay, so I'm building this little stu- office for myself in my basement, so I can have my my little man cave and I have a place to work during the day oh, and God, stuff. Don't, say don't, that. Call don't, don't, don't call it a man cave. cave. Don't call Why? it a man cave. Don't call it Max cave. I want to call people to come in. I want to call. I'm gonna be working at home and I'm gonna be like, I'll call. I need you to enter my man cave. Ah. All right, all right. So your all studio, right. your studio. I'm, <laughs> I'm, studio. I'm thinking about getting a guitar. <laughs> Toyota man. Oh, oh, so many opinions. Oh, I'm God. thinking about getting an electric guitar. This is. Uh, I've never owned an electric guitar. Yeah, really? I've never owned an electric guitar. Uh, oh, that's fun. I know how to play oh. acoustic guitar, but not electric. I don't want to. Then you know how to play electric. No, well, it's okay. a different instrument. I shouldn't. Um, yes, yeah. but. Mm, Okay, this is a very good challenge, and I don't want us to talk about guitars anymore because I think this is a great future challenge. Merlin, will you tell if we if we will you like uh, tell me what what stuff to get to get a guitar? Uh, I'm not really super up to date on that stuff, but I mean, I need a guitar that's I need a guitar that's cool but not ostentatious. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll have to pray on that. I have a few on my Amazon wish list that are based on like guitarists that I like. I would it's suggest like, starting to play your acoustic again, and if you stick with it for a week, then buy a guitar. Well, that doesn't solve the problem no. that I've outlined for myself. That's uh, true. Which this is, is <laughs> I think I just hacked your problem space. Yeah. I just came on your almonds. <laughs> Wait, <All> right. what? <laughs> <laughs> Let's remember that. Let's remember that back in his, back in his human <laughs> guinea pig years when he talked about all the different things you could do to come hard. <laughs> Go, uh, go back and listen to that Quotidian Public Radio <laughs> bit. That's one of my favorite things I've ever done. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, all right. D- Can Dick I keep Doug, this chair? Dick Doug, we he's, he's, he's He can knock over a uh, 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 Big Todd with his uh, <laughs> huge cum blast. Dig Dug Challenge. From across are the we, room. Are we going to have our listeners? What's the evil, What's the bad guy with, with the, the si- What's the bad guy with the silver hand? Sure. Uh, Doctor. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe Steele. Uh, no, it's the incredible <laughs> Doctor Steele. <laughs> Doctor Steele. It's like take that, Doctor Steele. <laughs> <laughs>